Here we go. This is a habit now. Is that a good thing? Let's get started. Just when I have all the answers, all the questions change. One day the world looks so normal, next it looks so strange. Yeah, we're getting started, I'm getting started, and soon I will be leaving on a jet plane. I'm going to be going on vacation in a couple of days. So, that's good. This is, uh, I'm going on a vacation from my day job, which also means I will be taking a vacation from this, which is not a job, but has become kind of a regular thing. Oh, no! (laughs) I've been fighting against that kind of thing. Regularity, man, regularity is for day jobs, isn't it? I am okay with this. I'm okay with some kind of regularity. What I what I was going to do, in fact, I was going to become very regular and say, oh, I'm going to record every Wednesday at 10 a.m. And, you know, no, I'm not going to become that regular. But I don't mind that I'm doing this on a, it's not a huge streak. I mean, some people do weekly things like this, or let's not just say things like this, but exactly this. Okay, not exactly this. I'm the only one doing exactly this because I am the only one who is me. But there are people who do podcasts on a weekly basis and have been doing so for years. And I will mention him because I have to mention him. Mark Marin has been doing this twice a week for, what, six, seven years now? And I mention him because, uh, well, because I mention him every week, I or pretty much every time. But also because I was just listening to him for a good portion of uh, the last couple of hours of my day job. He was talking to Natasha Lagaro. Lagaro? Lagaro? I don't remember how to pronounce her name. Oh, and I just realized I forgot to, to put my... Uh, uh, my watch, yeah, so what if my watch beeps? But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be very risky here and see if I can go away from this app and still have it keep recording. Is it still recording? I'm still hearing myself. That's a good sign because I want to put this in airplane mode. So I put it in airplane mode. Going back to Boss Jock and it's still running. I guess we'll find out later if there was a glitch in the recording, but... I thought it was designed to do that, but I also remember before, uh, maybe they fixed it, but I remember before it, it, it had crashed when I tried to do anything else. So I tend to shut down all of the other apps on the phone just to give it as little as possible to do. And then, of course, and then the airplane mode is just so I don't get interrupted by the external world. So there's that. Hey, before I digress way off into uh, forgetting about talking about something that really excited me from a couple days ago. Let let me mention the Comedy Store. Uh, I had what, to this point, has been my best set since going back home, quote-unquote home, the Comedy Store in La Jolla, 
for those of you who don't know, because you're not one of my two regular listeners, or actually, I somewhat jokingly say three and a half, so let me stick with that. It's one of my hooks. It's a hook. But it's also the truth. I have like three and a half regular listeners. So they might know that I have been going to the comedy store again. And when I say again, it's because I started there 30 years ago, 1986. So 30 years ago this year. And the anniversary is coming up sometime in August. I put it on my calendar. Don't remember the exact date offhand, but uh, I will celebrate one way or another. So I'd started 30 years ago, and then I did it steadily for six years. Here's the thumbnail sketch. Steadily for six years, so 86 through 91. I know that seems like five, but, you know, count on your fingers. <laughs> Give or take six, you know, six years. A chunk. A little chunk of my life where I was totally obsessed with it. Quit the day job for a few years, and then I stopped doing it. And I've just been mostly occasionally getting the bug to do it over the last 25 years, very occasionally. Although sometimes I've had spurts where I've done it for a long time. But here's where I'm back to the present moment. What I don't recall doing is exactly the, what I'm feeling now. What I'm feeling now is I'm doing this simply for the sake of doing it. As I move back and forth to and from the microphone for some reason. I don't know why. Because I felt like it. I'm doing it for the sake of doing it. No ambition. I'm serious. But here's, here's, where, here's where the weird, the weird thing is. Because I, I feel like I'm talking to myself, obviously. But when I say the things, when I'm trying to convince you, am I really trying to convince you, one of my three and a half listeners, that I'm not ambitious? Or am I trying to convince myself? I think it's, I'm still talking to myself. I'm still processing this because somewhere in the back of my mind is still this feeling from before that mm, I can't just be doing this just for the sake of doing it. It has to be headed somewhere. I have to be building something. I have to be going towards something. I have to be working towards getting gigs. I have to be building an act. But I don't want to do that. So there's this surfing or balancing act. The weird, weird thing is that sometimes I'll get that little feeling of, oh yeah, maybe I should uh, try to build an act and maybe uh, sometime in my older age, <laughs> sometime in my 60s, maybe I'll have a decent set that I can take with me somewhere on the road and travel late in life. And even though I hated doing the road when I was in my 20s, maybe I'll like it in my 60s. You know, silly things like that. You know what? The main thing is this. I'm not really having to fight the urge that hard. But what I also don't want to fight. Here's some of the paradoxes. I don't want to fight the urge. If I really do have the urge, I wake up again in a month or a year or however long I keep doing this and I do feel like building an act and going towards something, then maybe I'll do it. But my feeling right now, and this is what's feeling really good, I don't recall ever feeling this way before. I don't recall feeling this way about the entertainment industry and about stand-up in particular. But I guess I feel the same way about acting because I'm the way I am with acting right now too is a lot more passive. I just kind of take things as they come. I submit myself to stuff when I feel like it or when the money looks good enough, you know, just because 
even though it's not all about the money, it, it is a business decision. It has to be like, I have to make it worth my while to leave the house, especially to go to Los Angeles for an audition. I'm not going to go up there for food anymore. I've done enough of that. The organicness. Organic, is that a word? I like this feeling. Just like with this podcast, I felt like doing this. I was, I didn't have to force myself to come upstairs and and turn the stuff on and start talking. I I was feeling, hey, another ding from my phone. Maybe I should mute that. Nah, let's let it go. Let's let it keep talking to us occasionally. No, I'm gonna mute it. <laughs> there. Coming upstairs, I wanted to come up here. I didn't have to push myself, and and uh, you know, so I I guess it's the processing part again. Getting back to that, I feel that part of me is still processing, going, yeah, but I I should push myself, and I should, you know, fuck, fuck should, fuck should, fuck. The word should. As I once again earn my explicit tag that I have by default always set to true when I upload to iTunes. Actually, for anybody who is uh, is not doing their own podcast, you don't actually hear. Here's an interesting thing to me and maybe to some of you out there who might be uh, some, you know, techie geeks or geek wannabes or just maybe you're into technology but you haven't done a podcast. You don't actually... Uh, upload stuff to iTunes. iTunes doesn't host your stuff. You've got to host your own stuff somewhere. I happen to have my own domain because I'm a because I'm a nerd. Palin.com is my domain, and I host the stuff there. But that's probably not something that most people have. You generally have to get your own space in somebody else's domain. <laughs> Point being. You all you you got to tell iTunes that you exist, and then you you edit an XML file, and then iTunes goes out there and checks it periodically, and then updates the their indexing, and it's just pointing towards your stuff. So when I say I'm on iTunes, it's like yeah, I'm there. You can look me up and find me on iTunes, as maybe some of you have, but they don't host the stuff. Who cares? <laughs> maybe nobody. But that's what I, 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 here's another thing that somebody uh, who's not one of my three and a half listeners might not know. God, that's double negatives. If you haven't listened to me before, you, you might not know that this is just all about tangents. I do have a piece of paper in front of me with some scribbles. Some scribbles from stuff I've been writing down for the last couple of weeks. In fact, I wrote some stuff last week that I thought I wanted to talk about or that I did want to talk about. But then when I got up here, uh, I really only got around to a couple of those things. So as I look at the picture, <laughs> the picture at the piece of paper off in the distance, I see that there's still a lot of stuff left over that I didn't talk about last week. And I, I don't know, I may or may not want to talk about right now. We'll see. I wanted to focus on the comedy store. Did I say enough about that? What did I actually do that was different at the comedy store? What felt different? I ask myself. One of my main goals when I first started uh, going back to the store was to f uh, focus on connecting with the audience. That's one thing. 
and again, this is not reinventing the wheel. It's not something that I never did before. I did that before, but it's, but the point is, it's like, to, um, just to keep some certain fundamentals in mind, focusing on the audience, uh, and not really trying to be funny. Cause that, you know, sometimes if you're needy, this applies to comedy or just life in general. Neediness is not attractive. So I thought I'm not going to try to be funny. I just want to connect with the audience. And, um, it's so funny. I don't, I don't even remember what my goals were when I first started to come back, to go back a couple months ago, because I switched it to be, to have fun being the primary thing. Oh, stay in control. <laughs> that was it. That's a pretty fundamental thing. Cause one of the things that, uh, one of the things that just kind of keeps you, keeps you uh, having a, a more likelihood of enjoying the audience and the audience enjoying you is if you just stay in control. Just you know, you're, it's you're 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 driving the bus. They're the they're they're along for the ride, and obvious obviously the audience is important because a comedian without an audience is just uh, you know talking to candles. And uh, <laughs> I've done that. That doesn't make for much of a show. So the audience is an essential part, and that was one thing that uh, was uh, was good about this week. Unlike uh, last week, where there was maybe you know one or two actual audience members, and and the rest were comedians. This week there was the usual number of comedians because you know there's going to be a bunch of comedians at an open mic, but then this time there were maybe ten or twelve actual human beings, and also sitting relatively close together, which is good because when people are Sitting relatively close together, they're more likely to have this communal feeling and to laugh. There are also a couple of people who showed up early who were who were laughing even when it was just the two of them in the audience, which is nice because a lot of times people are self-conscious and they just sit on their hands and they don't laugh. But so there were a couple of catalysts, so it's nice. All the all the ingredients led up to making for a a better night, not just for me but for everybody in the room. All the comics were having a better night, although there's the, there was the usual struggling because it's an open mic. Open mic has a lot of newbies who don't know how to deal with silence, and that that was another thing that I made as a goal is I I don't want to I don't want to bomb anymore. So guess what? I'm not going to bomb anymore. <laughs> I might be I might be playing with words here, and I am. But let me explain. Um, I I came to I'll, I'll tie it into acting because. I've been going out on auditions for about 10 years now, a little over 10 years. And at some point in that process, I don't remember exactly when or how it happened, I stopped using the word rejection. And some of that, I thought, I don't know, is that, is that just, am I just in denial? You know, just not to use the word rejection? So what? I mean, if you change the word, if you stop using the word rejection, you know, that doesn't mean you're going to get every part. But here, here's the, here's my rationalization, but I, I, I really think this is more than just playing with words. Imagine you are uh, at, a, at a dance. You're at a dance, and there's a, and, and you are standing there with a bunch of other uh, people, and somebody walks towards the group of people you're with and, and goes to the person next to you and, and asks them to dance. Now, have you been rejected? No, the other person was selected. You weren't rejected. It's just that there's a bunch of people in the room and you can only generally ask one person to dance. I mean, unless you want to go ask 20 people to dance and just bring 20 people on the dance floor with you, but that's generally not how it works. And that's the same way audition, auditions are. When you go to an audition, 
and you don't get the part, it doesn't mean you were, you were rejected. It means you just were not selected. Now, if, that's, uh, if that metaphor is not working for you, let's go with the cereal box thing. I heard, a, I heard or read, yeah, I think I read, there was a casting director that had a blog on one of the websites, and she said, think of it as uh, cereal boxes. You go to the store, and there's 20 boxes of Cheerios. You just want one box of Cheerios. You pick one box of Cheerios. The other 19 boxes were not rejected. You just needed a box of Cheerios. Same thing. You got 20 actors going into audition for one part. All things being equal. Now, they're not, they're not always going to be equal. But let's just say, let's, for sake of argument, all 20 people go in there. They're all capable. And they're, they're all, they were all brought in for a reason. They were at least in the ballpark of, of the right, you know, the right look, the right make and model to be, you know, up for the part. When you get brought in for an audition, it means you, you at least have something. You're in, the, you're in the vicinity of being right for the part. They've got to pick one. You know, I, I keep, and also, there, I just keep hearing, I haven't been on the other side of the table, but, but my daughter is doing that now. She's, because she's in her, uh, she's going to USC film school, or I'm sorry, now it's called the School of Cinematic Arts. But um, she is, uh, she's been on the other side of the table where she has the people coming in and she auditions them. And it's, you know, it's, you have people coming in and you go, yeah, I had a lot of good people come in, but I can only pick one. So there's that. Not only are you not rejected, but also you, you got to look at the bigger picture. Well, you don't gotta, but I'm just thinking it's nice to look at the bigger picture because I've heard from a number of people and I've also had it happen to me where you might not get the part. Oh, in fact, I was listening recently to uh, uh, not Breaking Bad. The folks that brought you Breaking Bad, Vince Gilligan and the gang. Uh, yeah, Better Call Saul. I was listening to their podcast and they were talking about this saying, the big picture, you don't get picked for a part, but then as you walk out of the room, what you don't know is that they might be going, wow, we really like that guy. And they make a mental note and they say, well, we're not going to use him for this part, but let's keep him in mind. And then, you know, who knows? Guess what? Year, two years, several years later, they reach out and actually bring the person in and, and just give them a part, give them a role. So you just never know. Let's see, when I go out, went off on that tangent, what was that all about? Oh, bombing. So I'm going to use a similar bit of wordplay, but also I think this is a, it's a mindset. And, and I also think it's reality. I don't have to bomb because bombing is really a frame of mind, a state of mind. So let's see if this holds true because I haven't solidified this like with the uh, removing the word rejection from uh, the audition process. But the theory goes like this. As long as I just go up there and enjoy myself and have a good time and make eye contact with people and, and just have a conversation, even if they're not, you know, if you, even if they're not laughing or, or if they're just smiling at me or just looking at me or whatever the reaction is, I, 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 I'm not going to feel like I bombed because it's, And like, again, I said, I haven't really solidified it. I kind of hoped it would come out more solid uh, 
talking about it. Maybe I'm thinking about it too much, but I, I just think uh, people in the audience might think, well, that guy wasn't very funny. But you know what? Here's something. <laughs> Here's something that I heard from Jerry Seinfeld years ago. Now, I don't know Mr. Seinfeld, but something that stuck with me that he said years ago is you can go out there and have the best night of your life. Huge laughs, applause breaks. Oh my God, you just killed, right? Somebody out there thinks that guy sucked. And on the other hand, there could be a night when you think there, you know, you go up there and you're just, just like pulling teeth. There's nothing but crickets. And somebody out there thinks this guy is funny. So you just, you know, to, to judge, to, 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 see, I'm, I'm very clear on this. Point being, you can't, no, I'm playing, I'm, I'm, God, I'm trying to, too hard here. I'm trying too hard here because I'm trying not to preach because it's not about preaching. I'm just, the, the, the point is, is that it, it's, it's what you think and it's what you feel and you got to do what you feel is right. And I, when I say you got to, I'm, I'm talking to myself. I don't want this to be like, oh, you got to do this. Or, this is the way to do it. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, I'm stuttering here and I'm going into God knows what kind of characters. Not, 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 exa- not, not, not exactly Woody Allen. I don't know what this is, but I'm just trying to break a mold. I'm trying to, because and, 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 and the, the point is that there is no point. That's what I'm saying. So that's what I accomplished this week. There's no point. What I accomplished this week was, was I enjoyed myself and it was a unique three minutes. It wasn't material that I'd done before. There was a new thing that I did that got a laugh. A lot of it was just having a good time and basically doing like what I'm doing now, only funny. (laughs) I laughed. I laughed at that. I've actually uh, been known to be funny on occasion. So, uh, something that I thought of a couple of weeks ago is, is what I wanted to, one of the things I wanted to use this podcast for was to say, what were my lessons learned from last week? And then what's my focus going to be for the next time I go up? And well, I don't know. Lesson learned last week is that, uh, I enjoyed myself. Is that a lesson learned? Um, I'm trying to think of what I did, what I didn't do well, because that's normally what lesson learned are about lessons learned are about, but I, uh, Tell you the truth, I don't know. I, did, I, I felt good, so I don't really have a lesson learned so much from last week. But uh, something I want to continue and expand upon is this. Every, I'm not going to build. I'm not looking to build an act. I'm not looking to say, hey, that thing worked last week. Let's use that again and craft some things around it and make, you know, expand on that. For the time being, I'm going to have every time I go up there, be a unique three minutes. This is not, if, if you're a comic and you're listening to this, you're going, hey, this fucker doesn't know what he's talking about. I understand what you're saying <laughs> or what you're thinking or, you know, or, or, or what you're, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. If I were trying to build an act, because that's not the way you build an act. But I don't want to build an act. I want every three minutes to be like a little snowflake. Every time I go up there, it's just going to be a unique little snowflake, and that's it. 
So how about that? There's no right or wrong here. This is what I want to do. So guess what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm also not there to make friends. <laughs> I realized that. I, I realized that when I was there last week. Then um, I was standing out front. Uh, not I didn't want to just like walk up to the several uh, comics. And I say comics with italics and quotes around it. Because some of them, I guess, may be comics. But I'm starting to feel like a, like Mark Maron and a number of uh, other people who have been around the block a number of more a lot more times than me that sometimes people call themselves comics because you know hey, I'm a comedian and it's because you know they've gone up three times but I'm sorry I don't want to pass judgment on these guys I don't know their level of experience and it doesn't matter that's not the point I've never been one to like walk into a group of people and start just like making friends I, I tend to hang toward I'm more of a wallflower you know it's that contradiction, or maybe seeming contradiction, but I've come to find out over the years that there are a lot of people who perform that are like this. Off stage, I don't really look for attention. I'm not vying for attention. I'm not always on. I just, I will hang up again. I like to have my like back to the wall or sit in a corner. And, and then eventually, if I hang out in a place long enough, the natural progression is that eventually maybe I'll, you know, strike up a conversation with somebody or they'll strike a conversation up with me, but I'm not going to like walk up to a group of guys and go, Hey guys, I'm here to announce my presence. You know, I, I just don't do that. <laughs> so, so with that in mind, I, I just, I also realized I was, <laughs> when I was at the comedy store last week that I, I feel like I'm that, I'm that uh, character that appears in like every reality show especially cooking shows. I don't watch a lot of the, I'm not going to apologize for myself. I watch cooking shows. They're reality shows, right? But there's a character in all these different kinds of reality shows that go, that says when they do the talking head portion, I'm not here to make friends. So that's like the character I'm playing at the comedy store. I'm not really interested in schmoozing. Well, that's another, cause I'm kind of, I'm t not kind of, I am tired of this. And I heard, uh, Oh, God, I'm out of breath just from sitting here and talking. <laughs> Jeez, I want to take a sip, a sip of juice. It's not juice, actually. It's um, some kind of punch left over from, from my son's Lunchable. <laughs> so, what was I saying? Bobcat Goldthwaite. I was listening to Bobcat Goldthwaite, surprisingly not on... WTF with Mark Marin. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't remember what Joe Rogan's podcast is called, but if you're interested, or even if you're not, you could look it up. <laughs> but why would you look it up if you're not interested? But but uh, Bobcat and Joe Rogan were talking about just how tired they are. Especially, I think Bobcat was especially talking about just not even being interested in all at all in schmoozing. And just hanging out with comics and talking about comedy, he said he just he's just tired of it. And I thought, oh, that, I feel that way too. And even though I'm not the old pro that he is, I'm I'm old and I used to be a pro. So <laughs> there you go. I I I uh, was at least within earshot of the comics of varying levels of experience. I'll assume hanging out at the store last week, and I didn't hear a single thing come out of their mouths aside from comedy. It was all about this gig and that gig and who books this and who does that. And I'm just like, I'm just not interested. Just not interested. Even though here I am, ironically, 
talking on a podcast and spending some time talking about some time. It's almost, it's 28 minutes and eight seconds. And a good portion of what I'm talking about is comedy. But not all. And also, I'm just talking about it the way I want to talk about it. Whereas if you, you know, get in a group of comics and you end up talking about, I guess a lot of it's the negativity too. Because it's, you know, talking about this asshole and that asshole. And here I am (laughs) slamming them. Oh my God, I'm such a fucking hypocrite. (laughs) I never said I was perfect, did I? Getting close to a half hour. And even though I don't set uh, time limits for myself. I'm, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna, just gonna say, let's uh, make this a, a roughly a half hour. But uh, there was something that was fresh on my mind. I don't want to go and rehash, not rehash. I don't want to go back to the stuff that I thought I was going to talk about a week ago. Um, not working. On, it was the uh, Avocation Tim Ferriss podcast. So another yet another podcast I can plug that you know I'm not getting paid to plug is a uh, Tim Ferriss has a podcast. Tim Ferriss wrote the four hour work week among other things. And he's got a podcast. He was talking to Mike Rowe. If you don't know Mike Rowe by name, you might have seen his show dirty jobs. And if you didn't see that show, uh, I'm guessing you probably have heard this guy's voice without even knowing it. Cause he does a shit ton of voiceovers. That is a, an official quantity, a shit ton of voiceovers. So they were talking about, um, avocations, in how a lot of times people will follow their passion and they will, like for instance, he was talking about surfing in particular. One of one of them was Mike or uh, Tim. Yeah, I think it was Tim. Tim said he had a friend that was a, a surfer and he really liked surfing. And then he, so then he started uh, teaching people how to surf. And so he'd like wake up in the six or seven every morning. So, you know, to teach people how to surf before they went to work. And then he ended up fucking hating surfing and stopped surfing. So that was their argument against pursuing your passion. To say sometimes you got something that's that you really enjoy and then you turn it into a vocation, into a job, and then you end up hating it because it becomes an obligation and it just gets spoiled. And then, oh shit, that's exactly what I felt what happened to me when I did when I just really got into stand-up. It didn't turn out to be a thing that I really wanted to do or was able to do for a living, but I had quit my day job. So it became this all or nothing deal. And I became super ambitious. And my ambition trajectory was through the fucking ceiling, through the fucking roof all the way up to LA. And then, you know, I, I, I used to say that LA chewed me up and spit me out. But the fact is, LA doesn't know me. LA, first of all, LA is not a single entity. It was a me thing. I went up there because I was overly ambitious or at least in retrospect, I guess if I'd succeeded, I wouldn't have been overly ambitious. But I went up there with this super huge trajectory and it didn't happen fast enough for me. Basically, the money ran out and started going in debt and said, fuck this, and went, came back to San Diego and went back to computer programming and stayed away from stand-up for a number of years. What was something that had been consuming me and I was enjoying a lot and I was enjoying performing. I really got soured to it. And it was a number of years before I uh, started doing some plays and grabbing my guitar and going on stage at coffee houses and other kind of performing. But I had to lick my wounds and get over that. I just did not enjoy it. So now I have this relationship. This is why, this is my, uh, my backstory for why 
now I'm, I'm just really not interested in the ambition part of it. I just want to do it because it's fun. And uh, Tim Ferriss and Mike Rowe were reinforcing that, saying there's really an argument for not following your passion. Now, what I liked is what Mike Rowe said is something that he learned from somebody and now he's handing off to me <laughs> and other people. Don't follow your Don't follow your passion, but bring your passion with you. I love that. Go and do things that maybe don't look that attractive. There's some crappy ass job that that nobody else wants and find a way to make it yours to be bring your passion with you bring your work ethic and your passion with you and and make it make it something that that you can do and be good at and find a way to make it work. And that's you know, that's in fact, that's something that's happened to me in my day job as well. Several years ago, I just stumbled into this this unattractive project. At least I say unattractive. It was unattractive to me. It was something that the the position was open because it was the kind of thing not glamorous, not something the kind of thing that other engineers, software engineers, wanted to do. So I said, "Yeah, okay, whatever. I'll take it." And it's turned into something that I really enjoy because I I made it something that I enjoy. I started using my programming skills. It wasn't really a programming job. It wasn't a programming job at all, but I started using my uh, programming skills to make my job easier and then make other people's jobs easier. And it turned into something that it wasn't. And now this wasn't premeditated. That's part of it. I I did not, I'm not smart enough where I made this job into something that it is today as a premeditated thing. It just organically happened, right? So that's what I'm feeling about uh, the entertainment industry as well. But moreover, but the more important part, I think, for me anyway, is to just keep doing it for fun and for the sake of doing it and not let it consume me, not let my addictive personality... (laughs) I don't know how addictive of a personality I have because, like... Maybe some of you have heard me say I did quit quit drinking a handful of months ago and, and I've I've had this I've been blessed with this ability, I guess, that when I feel like stopping, I do stop. But uh I don't I don't know. I still think deep down inside though I have some kind of addictive personality. Or don't we all? Or is it just that we're all creatures of habit? And if you do something long enough, it just becomes something you're compelled to do? I don't know. I don't know a lot of things, and I am willing to admit it. Look, of course I'm willing to admit it. You just heard me admit it. Right now I admit that I'm done. Because <laughs> for some reason I'm very breathy or out of breath. That guy's singing. Hey, that sounds like me. He doesn't sound out of breath, does he? Once again, thanks for listening, and... Uh, I've been Joe, and I still am, and I'll be Joe again in a couple weeks, later. Just when I have all the answers, all the questions change. One day the world looks so normal, next it looks so strange. Looking over the ocean, on a sunny day. I'd like to stay here forever, it would be okay.